Welcome to Tipping Points, the podcast that reveals moments in people's lives that change everything. My name is Luke Edelston, and each week I interview fascinating people with extraordinary stories to find their tipping points. Today I'm excited to bring you my old friend from Oz, Mariusz. Mariusz Bruy is an automation engineer who had a couple of massive shifts in his life. While still at university, he started working for an international company in their office located in Poland. A year later, he decided to literally turn his life upside down and move to Australia. Here, he continued his work, got a sponsored visa and won the Melbourne Hat tournament against me. After years of living down under, the pandemic forced his hand in moving to Spain, where he's started another chapter of his life, living in the warm Costa del Sol. He describes this as an exciting adventure where he's met new people, embraced a new culture, lifestyle and their amazing food. I might read that again. I'll start that again. <laughs> After leaving... After years of living down under, the pandemics forced his hand in moving to Spain, where he started another chapter of his life, living in the warm Costa del Sol. He describes this as an excited adventure where he's met new people, embraced a new culture, lifestyle, and their amazing... God, I can't get that right. And their amazing food. Right, you can cut that bit in. <laughs> Mariusz has a great mindset, and I'm excited to bring you some of his insights today. Mariusz, welcome to the show. Hello, look. It's my pleasure to be here on this podcast with you. And uh, I thought I'd chuck in the Frisbee reference there, just because uh, I know how much you like Frisbee. But we'll talk more about that later as well. <laughs> yes, we will talk about Frisbee later. Yes, yes, that's a good story <laughs> to say. <laughs> it is indeed. Um, so I thought we'd start with going to Australia, since that's where I met you. And yeah, you're originally from Poland, which the, the bio sort of uh, implies as well. Uh, just wondering how you ended up in Australia and 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 all of that maybe you can tell us a bit more about that yeah sure i don't know why but for some reason i've been always thinking uh, that i want to live in in a country where i can live completely independent by myself and i don't because i only could speak back then i could only speak english so i was only looking for english english um english countries so i don't know uk for me was too easy even though like it's a super 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 easy to get there very close just take plane and go but it was too close so i've been looking for other opportunities um and this is how i got the point where i started thinking about australia i was like wow that sounds actually very exciting you know you have to go far and i that could that would be a good point where i can try myself in completely different environment i've been thinking about it for a long time I, my first the first thought was when i was like around 20 years old i've been at the beginning of my university and i kept going with that and like basically the whole decisions that i was doing like i've been whherever i was doing in my life i've been always thinking that that's on stage i would like to move to australia and that was that was that was the main reason why i actually went there and for example the first job that i got i've been looking for international company who actually has office in australia because i wanted to go to australia through through the company and you know back then when i was 20 years old it's been it sounds crazy, like, you know, but then it was like, well, it's a very exciting idea, sounds very ambitious, but it's very unrealistic to actually happen. But it did, it did. I actually went to Australia, I've been working for the same organization. And when I, when I, when I landed to Australia, it was actually the point where I, I just arrived and I was like, wow, it, it happened, you know, something that I had told you that I had three years ago. It's actually happening now, and that um, that was basically the the reason. I don't know why I decided to go to Australia. Like, I mean, I understand why I wanted to go to Australia, but um, 
I don't know, it was just kind, kind of thought, but mainly I wanted to try, try myself somewhere, somewhere overseas and see whether I can um, be a completely independent person and survive in a completely different environment. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like you're also quite good at congratulating yourself. Like we were just talking before press record on this and uh, you were saying how you, you've been out in Spain and, and you were happy that you'd, you know, you'd had a really good conversation with some Spanish people fully in Spanish and everything and that you were like proud of yourself. And you said just then that you, when you were in Australia as well, that you were, when you landed, you were kind of like, oh, wow, I did it. It's like that. It seems like you've got a good, you know, quite good at sort of congratulating yourself in a way. And a lot of people aren't really so good at that. So I think that's quite a good trait to have, isn't it? And uh, yeah, so I went to Australia for a bit of a different reason because, uh, well, I'd, I was working in a job in the UK, which, you know, is relatively simple and easy compared to, you know, um, was it your first job when you went to Australia? It was the first job was in Poland. Yes, um, that was I mean, I had some jobs previously, but there was not a full time employment. But uh, first job was in Poland and the first job in the, the same job that I had in Poland was my first job in Australia. And was this is how it happened. Later, I was I've been changing works, but um, yeah, like basically, basically, it was the first company that I worked for. Yeah, well, it's, I, <laughs> for me, uh, when I was going to university, I was kind of like, okay, I need to get away from home just to sort of I don't know break out or something. So I, I was looking at universities that were you know kind of high in the league tables and then far enough away from home, so something like two hours away at least. And uh, it sounds like you sort of did that, but with a country and like english speaking countries and <laughs> how far away it is <laughs> um, and i don't know for me but it's been great right to go like completely on the opposite side of the world i don't know it's super super exciting super exciting exciting pivot point in my life I, it's i'm really i'm really excited that it actually happened and yeah there is there is still lots of things that is happening now and probably even more will be happening in the future <laughs> Yeah. Would you say you, you've always kind of be, been a natural risk taker? Because for a lot of people, that's way outside of their own, you know, sphere. But for you, that just seemed like something you wanted to do. Was mm. it, what do you think it is that's uh, made you want to do that kind of thing? Cause it's not the first time. Well, it's the first time you did it, but it's not the last time you've done that. Yeah. Um, I think I just want to have exciting life. I, I don't know. It's, I, I wouldn't say that I'm a risk taker because there is lots of, Mm. lots of decisions that I am afraid of taking um, but I don't know sometimes I'm, I'm trying I'm trying to, to to I'm trying to try things different different things but um, I wouldn't consider myself, myself as a risk taker however from someone's point of view it could look like like this well my, my trip to, to Australia was pretty much organized it's not like a something that I okay I will randomly buy a ticket uh, get visa and go you know like it's been it's been prepared adventure so um, I've been I've been preparing for that for, for years um, so yeah it's kind of taking risk but I don't know it was calculated risk in my in my opinion but uh, the main main reason I think like I'm I, I like to do different have different adventures. I, I want my life to be to be interesting. I, when I will be older, I would like to tell myself, okay, I've done it. I've tried so many different things. I didn't, I haven't been, I didn't feel scared of or afraid of doing something, of approaching people or doing something that I always wanted to experience. 
Instead, I would be saying, okay, maybe I've, I've tried something, but it didn't work out. But I actually, I actually done that. I actually tried, put some effort to, to try to achieve it. So I think this is what pushes me um, to, to achieve things, to, to do things. Yeah. So you, when you get older, you don't want to be having regrets. I mean, it's a lot of people yes, I guess, uh, have regrets at the end. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. And, uh, you know, if I'm ever feeling like I'm stagnating, it's sometimes it can be quite useful just to think, well, imagine that this was like your last day or your last week or like your last month or whatever. What would you do? And then that will make you go, ah, right. And it's quite good to have reminders as well of people's mortality, I think, because you know, I was just talking to my friend and his parents are over this, this, this weekend. And you know, they've both gone through like serious health scares and you kind of go, they both seem perfectly happy and healthy and everything now. And they've had issues, but I think they would have, you know, as soon as you have some sort of health issue, you know, whether it's just an injury or something really serious, I think people then start to reevaluate what's actually important to me. And it sounds like you've sort of retrospectively, well, maybe not retrospectively, but you've looked at it. You've already thought about that. You've already thought about when I'm older, mm-hmm. then I don't want to... Mm-hmm have regrets and things, which I think is a really powerful way of looking at it because it just forces you to do things that you might not have done otherwise. I implemented something in my life that I took from one of the series that I was watching on Netflix one day. Um, I, in the series, the guy was writing a letter to the older version of himself. And I, when, I, when I watched it, I was like, wow, that's actually, that's actually cool. And so I did, so I did write the um, letter to myself. When I was like 22, I wrote my letter to myself when I will be, when I will turn 25 and I will open this letter just when I will turn 35. And, you know, I just wrote down like list of, I think, 50 things that I want to, I want to achieve, like what, what I would like to do. And, you know, even like I was, I was from time to time looking in this, in this letter, like uh, even though I was, the plan was to open it when I was 25, but I was like, okay, I, I want to see what my goals were. And when I was 25, I was like, I started to, um, to, to highlight the things that I actually achieved. And well, like I've done 80% of these things and I told myself, okay, because, you know, like over the time you're like, sometimes people are thinking, at least I'm thinking this way that, well, I wasted my time. I didn't do what I wanted. But when I, when I was reading this list and I highlighted 80% of, of the, of the listed um, positions, I was like, wow, I'm, like, I'm actually very happy with what I achieved. Like, this is what I wanted. Like when, three years, like a couple of years ago, when I was writing down the letter, this is what I wanted to achieve. So I kept doing that when I, I also have my list for when I will turn 30, which is very close. And, and I'm, 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 prepa- I'm going to prepare something like this for, for another five years, like when I'll be 35, 40. And no, no, it's very exciting. I, and you know, you, you put some vision in your head, like of the person that you would, you would like to be in the future. What would you, how do you describe, you have to describe yourself. Like, how do you look, how, what do you do? Like, what kind of job, who are you with? Um, and obviously not, not, not everything will work out, but at least you have some goals. It's better than floating and do nothing, do random stuff, and in the end, don't achieve anything. Once you write down something, it it makes you like you 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 sign some kind of agreement with yourself. Like okay, now I'm committed to do that, and um, yeah, I, I'm practicing something like this, and I think it's really really great, uh, great great idea. I agree. I've done a similar thing with, uh, I've been on some Tony Robbins conferences and stuff and they tell you to write down your vision and you can sort of separate that into different areas of your life. So, you know, you might be, like you said, how you look, 
And when you said how you look, I was like, well, facelift? No, no, obviously not. <laughs> it's more about, you know, uh, your physical body and how strong you are, I guess, and, and fit and how you feel and who you're with. I thought that was a good one as well, actually. Um, it makes me think I want to, I need to do this again because you've got to have, I think if you're going to meaningfully day by day, week by week, go towards something, that, you've got to have something to aim at, haven't you? And I, I'm quite, I think I'm quite good at doing the daily thing and the weekly thing because like at work, you know, you get all these pressures, all these emails and you go, right, okay, how do I filter this? How do I sort that out? Uh, and having that bigger picture allows you to make decisions that sort of strategically place you to get the right skills and, and all of that as well. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's definitely really interesting as well. And yeah, it's funny you said about turning 30 soon. So I'm on the other side of that, just about. I don't know if you knew that, but slightly older than you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, not much. <laughs> so you, no, not really. Uh, maybe it was the youth that helped with the Frisbee. So anyway, uh, so, the, <laughs> so you, you mentioned actually spending a year preparing. Uh, what did you do in that year preparing before you were going to Australia? <clears throat> Obviously, my... Um... English is my second language. So I've been having lots of um, private lessons with teachers. So, well, I had to, I had to pass an English exam. So it's been challenging a little bit for me because I'm, I'm not a good, I've never been a good student. And when it comes to exams, like it just, it just doesn't work with me. I, I, I'm failing, even though like I, I, can, I can feel pretty flexible while speaking English. I don't understand like lots of lots of this grammar like but it's the same when when, it's, when I speak Polish I, I can normally speak with Polish which is my um, mother tongue. Uh, however, like if someone would ask me about grammatic stuff in the language, like I don't know I don't know this like I'm not I'm not the person that would uh, teach you something like this. So that was that was the main preparation I had to learn uh, language and obviously you know you're going to Australia you're going to overseas I've never took a flight before so that was the first time I was taking the flight so imagine that. Uh, yeah, the, you are taking the flight for the first time in your life and you have to go 20, no, I think it was around 30 hours flight to Australia. So you're going to like starting your life in completely different continent. Like, and from the very beginning, you're having the stress. Okay, I'm on the airport. Like, what should I do now? You know, like, and you're going through the gates and, you know, like, or, like you don't know what is happening. Right? I didn't know that back then. So it, it made me, um, I had lots of stress, like starting from the airport and later, like I was sitting on the plane. I was like, wow, I'm actually doing this. What's going to happen now? You know, like, I, I don't know. Like, it, so many uncertain, like I was feeling so, so uncertain about everything. Um, but at the same time, it was super exciting. Like, uh, I, like I don't, I don't consider it as a negative feelings now, but uh, apart from, from uh, learning English, I've been reading a lot. I've been reading about the cities, you know, because, because I didn't know much back then about Australia. I've been later. I learned um, that um, Sydney, Melbourne are the biggest city. That the capital is actually different. It's not. It's not Sydney or Melbourne. Like there is a Canberra, you know. And I've been just reading. I've been watching videos on YouTube about people who are actually living there and following following everything. I wanted to learn as much as I can. So once I once I land in this place, because I was trying to visualize in my head how my life will look like there, like where I'm going to live, like how to find apartment, where I'm going to look for friends, how I'm going to talk with these people. You know? So there was lots of preparation. At the same time, I like to visualize everything. I was playing music on, on my, my phone and I was listening to the music and I was imagining myself, okay, I'm going to lay down on the beach and I will be listening to this music. And one day when I landed and I went to the beach in St. Kilda, 
and I and I and I played this music and I was like wow it's so nice now I've done it so many times like just repeating that so many times sitting at home with this Polish dark weather and I've been laying down listening to this music and imagine myself laying down on the beach in sunny Australia and just lay down and think about it that I'm here and you know and one day when I when I actually done that I've been on the beach and I've been actually on the beach and listening to this music well that's a feeling that I cannot even describe with words it's such a amazing feeling unbelievable you know you're achieving something and you're you're just happy that this moment is happening now and that, that's super exciting and I wish everyone to to have, have lots of feelings like this in in their life mm. yeah and you, you mentioned visualizing a few times actually it sounds like you're quite a, a sort of visual person when it comes to at least looking at the future and yeah uh yeah music i think is such a powerful thing as well as, as an anchor i mean if you've you've then you anchored that music i've got certain songs that i've uh listened to when at gigs and things and i if you listen to that music and then like i sometimes use like the chemical brothers like i saw them live it was really really amazing at glastonbury and uh, there's certain parts of those songs where I just remember the video, I remember the, how I felt with my friends and everything. I play that, you know, if I go for a run and that bit comes on, it doesn't matter how tired I am, I'm sprinting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that kind of yeah. thing. Uh, yeah, that's what, it sounds like it's a very powerful way of um, preparing yourself as well. Uh, when you were looking at going to some part of Australia, did you choose the, to go to Melbourne? Or was that sort of a decision that was made for you? And, and if so, like, how did you make the decision of going to Melbourne? Well, Melbourne was chosen because uh, the office of the company where I was supposed to work for um, was located there. And that was also like a little bit challenging because it wasn't like, really planned in a way that uh, the job was already secured for me. I, I just had, uh, I, because I wrote um, an email to these people that, okay, I've been working for this company and I got my, my I got, I got my work on a holiday visa and I'm, I'm just looking for just some work opportunities and whether whether you would like to offer me something like do you have something for me so they told me okay we are not sure if we can give you something but at least we can we can have some interview and chat about it so once i landed i was living in the hostel and i, I didn't know that i'm gonna have a job or something and obviously my savings were like you know limited <laughs> so um, well, but I, I was fully, fully confident. Okay, I'm gonna get this job. Like there is no other way. <laughs> there is no way it's not gonna work. So I went for this interview. It went well, and the next day they told me, okay, you can start. And it, it's been great, you know. Like it, it worked out. But you know, it was also like a little bit risky. But I don't know. In my mindset, I was like, well, like it must happen. Like I am. Like they will never find a better person than me at the moment. You know, like I'm the perfect candidate for this position at the moment. And you know, and it happened. Um, but yeah, this is this is this is how this all started. Wow, that it makes you sound like even more of a risk taker now. You know, yeah, with uh, you turn up and you don't have a job. <laughs> I thought you had a job to start with, but you went and you had an interview in Australia. I yeah. guess this is before I don't know internet calling was such a big thing, but that wasn't that long ago. So wow. Well, I suppose you would have had an experience one way or the other, but you just had that core belief and certainty in yourself like you were going to do it but i think that's that's commendable uh probably slightly foolhardy but you know it worked for you so that's good isn't it <laughs> uh definitely i felt a little bit uh, scared like obviously like you know that's a normal feeling but i don't know it's just back then like i mean i think i still believe i have the same mindset 
I, I was just fully confident, like, you know, if I'm doing something, I, I, I will do it, you know, I'm trying to, um, to take it, like, not, I don't take things for granted, but I believe in myself that the skills that I acquired over years, because I've been working my, like, everything that I've been learning, I really put a lot of effort of, to everything that I'm doing. So I just can hope that people will see this potential in me and they will trust me. And well, that this is, that was the feeling that I that I had uh, back then. Like I could only tell them what I know, how I how I can be beneficial for them, and I can I could just like believe that they're gonna they're gonna trust me. And it did happen. That's that's super exciting. Like it's an amazing feeling. Yeah. So in my head, I'm thinking, how did you get this like level of self belief? And you talked about putting a lot of effort into. I suppose the studies you were doing and maybe the work, if you had a bit of work experience as well. Do you think there was anything else that sort of added to that self-confidence? I, I think I believe in myself because I know how much effort I put in things that I do. Like when I was studying at university, I, I was putting a lot of effort to be not the best, but to be good, like very good in what I'm doing. And so once, I, once I'm starting something, I, I know that I will try to do my best. And if I don't know things, I will I will keep learning. So I don't know. Like I just feel like I, I feel confident because I have I have some knowledge that it's I know that it's useful for people. But obviously, obviously, you are not hundred percent. You never hundred. You are never hundred percent confident about uh, what will happen. But I don't know, maybe maybe the books that I was re reading in the meantime, like everything, I think the whole lifestyle, everything that I was doing over time, and maybe the, the fact that I've never been really afraid of making decisions put me in the position where I where I where I where I feel much more confident about things that I'm doing. And you know, be, before even going to Australia, I had some like challenges which I succeed with, uh, which are minor, you know, like they are very minor, let's say. Talking with people, like opening to people, you know, different things. But this, uh, this small step, this small milestone, are creating your personality, and it helps you in the future. So that was, you know, get, getting this job in Australia. This is that was a huge step for me. That wasn't like you know something something small. But well, in the meantime, there were like very minor things that built my confidence and let me um, get to the point where I could actually be confident with this with this particular job interview mm. yeah i think the effort thing is quite a big thing as so some people I, I guess some people have different uh backgrounds as well so for me i was i was always like super uh hard put loads of effort in and at university you know did very well in the end and i had a bit of a mental breakdown in the middle of it to be honest in the middle of university and uh it was just like oh you know don't afraid and all this sort of stuff and yeah, I think I've got a predisposition towards that sort of way of thinking. And even now, you know, with like 10 years of experience, I'm not the sort of person who thinks, oh, I'm good at this necessarily. Yeah, and, I, and I'm aware that, you know, there's lots of people that have done things for longer and all that stuff. And there's an element of putting people on pedestals and thinking they're better because they're older or whatever, which is just a bit silly, really. And I think over time, I've kind of learned that you know, everyone's got their own strengths and things and you can really work on it. And if you if you work on something and you're working hard at it, for me, the degree was, was showing this really clearly to me because I was definitely not the smartest person, but I really wanted to be the best at that. 
And to be the best, I had to try really hard. And not just try hard, be, you know, effective at trying hard because it wouldn't wouldn't be very useful if I just... If I was just the person who sat there and just read, you know, the exercise books and stuff and didn't actually do any... Didn't do any... Didn't actually do the work, didn't actually try the past exam papers, whatever. There's no way I would have won, you know. I was doing the right thing as well as doing the thing right, if you know what I mean. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's just interesting to hear you. It sounds like you're sort of naturally confident person as well, which which is quite nice, I suppose. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Luke. Uh, one, more, one more thing that uh, I remember, like, one of the, um, like, minor steps that changed my mind, like, I've been talking with my one of my bosses, like I, I've been 17 or 18 back, 18 back then. And I've been, we went for a big festival and he was like spending lots of money on beers, you know, be, buying beers to random people. And for me, it was like, wow, that's generous, you know? And I was like, why would you do that? You know, like, why, why, like, why? And he told me like very, very clever sentence that I still keep in my mind. Like he told me like, because I, at the moment I have money and if I will not have money, I will start doing something so I will get this money again. And for me, it was like, wow, that's actually a very cool mindset, you know, like he's, he, he knows that he achieved something at the moment. He wasn't like, like he wasn't that, uh, doing that to show off or something. Um, he was just doing that because he knew that people around him are maybe not, they, they are not having uh, as much money as he does. And he just wanted to be nice to them, you know, give something to them. But that apart apart from that, like just the sentence that he told me, like if I will not have if I will not have something, I will try to rearrange my life so I can I can achieve it in different way. And I think that many times I'm actually thinking about this sentence where I'm doing things. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good way of looking at things for sure. And so when you when you got to Australia. Um, for a lot of people, that's you know very scary, and and you said going into a hostel, a hostel is quite a good way of meeting people. Um, in general, if you're traveling, especially, so you have like that like-minded thing, you know. But uh, there's been different things that you've used to meet people uh, in different cities, you know, Melbourne, Sydney, and and so on. Um, could you tell us about your? I'd say maybe your primary way of networking. Let's say. <laughs> yeah. um, when I when I when I uh, landed in this. In this, uh, in this hostel in uh, Melbourne CVD, I actually had a room with, uh, with a girl, <laughs> with a Finnish girl. I met a, uh, a girl and we, uh, we started hanging out like, uh, in, the, in the city. That was the first person that I met there. And later, I, I started look, the first, the, first, the first thing that I had to achieve was to secure my work and secure the place where I will stay. Like I didn't want to stay hostel for a long time. I think I had one week of this hostel. So what was happening next? I've been looking for, for, for a room where I can stay. So um, I've been, there was this website where I was um, searching, searching for the rooms. And I actually, what was happening, it was Saturday and I had to actually leave the hostel. So I called this guy to, to see the room. So I went there with my luggage because, well, I had to leave the hostel, yes. And so I went with this hostel and he, and I went there and he showed me the room. I'm like, yeah, it looks fine. It's all, it's all right. And, and he looks at me because I was already with the luggage, you know, he looks at me and he's like, well, I'm actually waiting for three people like more to, to visit, this, to have this inspection. But if you're already here with the luggage, like come on in. <laughs> so, I got, <laughs> so I got in to this, to the room and, you know, and this is, this is how, this is how I started. And from this point, I was like, I could sit down. And I was like, okay, I have place to live. I, can, I have a job. 
everything is fine. So from now I can start meeting people. So the first thing I didn't know what to do. So the first thing what I have been doing, okay, uh, I was thinking like, what can I do? What I would like, what I wanted always to do and like something where I can meet people. And I started going to salsa classes. And this is how I started meeting people. That was my first step. And well, I've been doing that for a couple of months, but I was really bad dancer. Like I'm still a very bad dancer. Like it didn't, it didn't help me much. Like trust me, trust me, it didn't help me much. So, but I have been keep, keeping doing that, you know, like just um, just because I wanted to to hang out with people, you know, like in the meantime, I was talking with them, I was trying to go having have dinner with them, and you know, start building my circumstances. But it didn't really work out because, well, they, they had different different um, um, different hobbies, different interests than me. It didn't work out. So, um, so I've been I kept looking for something different. So, and because I've been playing frisbee in in poland i decided okay i will keep looking maybe maybe there is frisbee i mean i knew that there is frisbee community in in in, in australia but i've been mean, okay maybe i will try to join them and see how this goal is gonna work so i so i decided to join this group and well it's worked out perfectly like I've, i started meeting so many people and because my skills were um back then i think they were a little bit above average and um I don't know for some reason for some reason I, I i was able to to teach people how to play and in the meantime i started meeting these people i started talking you know, i was trying to be open for to them the great idea was that we had every time after the games because we had the games on a weekly basis we could go to the pub and just chat and that was amazing that was unbelievable like how amazing this period of time was and yeah this is this is how i started creating my my first group of friends and from this point it started to grow a lot and later later my friends were coming from completely different different parts but that was that was the starting the hub of my of building my the center of my my friendships and yeah, this is how we consider this well this is how we know each other <laughs> exactly yeah it is um I, I did, there's a couple of things that are really similar for what you said. So the whole moving in with your bag thing <laughs> reminds me of, I've forgotten about this, but my first, I got my first job down south in England. So I'm from the north of England originally. And, you know, I struggled to find a job, got a job. And there was this whole thing, which meant I only found out I got the job about a week before I was due to start. And so I didn't have much time to find a place. Sounds a bit like your situation. And so I went down on the train yeah, yeah, I don't think I had a car at this point. I went down on the train and I had a backpack of stuff because I was like, right, I'm, <laughs> I don't have much choice here. And I think I might have pre-warned him, like, I probably will need to move in fairly soon. But I turned up with this bag and he's like, what are you doing with this bag? I was like, well, you know, if it's all right, I might just move in now. And he's like, okay. So, you know, it's, it just shows that commitment, doesn't it? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that. I was like, oh, God. So similar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then going back to the, the salsa and the frisbee. So with the salsa, like it was obviously something fun that you were interested in either learning or doing and all that kind of stuff. Um, but then when you're going to the frisbee, you know, you're already quite good at it. And you turn up and these people have got, I guess, shared values and things. You know, they're, they're quite sporty. Um, they're out outdoorsy. You know, they go to a meetup group, so they're probably quite outgoing uh, and then, like you said, there's that social aspect. So it was, uh, you know, they called it Saturday. So, you know, it was very chilled out, sort of Saturday frisbee. Yes. 
um yeah yeah it was a really good way of doing it and then you were telling me another time about when you went to sydney so you went to sydney and you ended up uh, well i'll let you tell that story <laughs> um in sydney the frisbee community in sydney yes um, yeah yeah, it's been the same story. Like, um, once, once I landed in, in like, that, that, was, that was a hilarious story, actually. Um, I, so I moved to Sydney. Uh, that was the last year of me being in Australia. And I started to write to this meetup group. I was like, okay, like, it worked out in Melbourne, so I'm going to start exactly the same approach in, in Melbourne. Because I was still, like, very freak about, I was freak about Frisbee. I, I love it. And, um, and I wrote to this meetup group. And that okay, I would like to join. Like, are you playing now? It was this pandemic period, so you don't you don't know what is happening. And the guy and the guy replies to me, Marius, what are you doing here? I'm like, wow, cool, you know, like someone knows me, you know, like I was I felt like a kind of kind of famous, you know, like oh, that's super super nice. And I was like uh, very positively surprised that someone knows me by name like, straight away. And I was like, okay, yes, I'm here, like. Um, who are you? <laughs> so, and, and the person tells me like, oh, we used to play Frisbee in Melbourne, like in, in Princess Park. Like I moved to Sydney and we can, like, like uh, we, are, we are more than happy to have you here. And back then I couldn't really recognize the person who I'm talking with. But once I, once I went to this park, I waited for them for, for, for a couple of minutes. And then he showed up and I was like, wow, that's, that's my, one of my good friends from, from Melbourne. So we, We've been talking for a long time and before before playing frisbee and um, yeah it was so fascinating. He introduced me to all these people and straight away that was I don't know maybe my first week in Sydney and straight away he introduced me to like twenty people I guess and you know like day day one and you had twenty friends to hang out with you know you take the phone numbers from all these people Facebooks or whatever and and the next day you can just keep writing to them you know like if you want to do something. Um, yeah, it's amazing, amazing feeling. Like, yeah, the point, the point is that by doing stuff, you don't, you don't know what actually will happen. You know, like it can bring something negative, but in, most of the time, it can. I mean, it always gives something positive. It depends how you're gonna, how you're gonna take it. Yes, there is always, you can, you can see, look at life as in negative way, but there is always something like some bright side of what, whatever happens. Yes, uh, well. I had opportunity to meet many people, and that was the starting point of of building these friendships, which probably I hope will last uh, for a long period of time. And yeah, that was that that, that that's the, that's the, that's a really cool story from Sydney, how how everything started there. Yeah, so I think you know if anyone's taking away any lessons here, it should be play frisbee, make friends. <laughs> That's kind of how it goes. I mean, play frisbee like, because obviously frisbee is not for everyone. Like you know, if someone yeah. doesn't want to do sports, like but there are other things. I don't know. You can go play chess, chess, or I don't know whatever whatever you like to do. But there is there are always people who have similar interests that you than uh, that you have, and well, just you just need to hang out with these people. And if you are going to hang out with people with similar interests, there is m- m- the chance of becoming friends. It's it multi- multiplies you know it's much bigger than because you know it's difficult for me like you, you can see my example of going for dancing classes you know like I, i'm not a dancer i've never been into dancing and it's difficult to to talk with these people i mean they are nice but we don't have common common interests you know so we can talk for for a while but in the end like it's, it's difficult to build lasting like like long-lasting um, conversation and relationship but when when someone has the same interest, you can keep talking about the same topic all over again because you never get bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It's true. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, so what ended up taking you to Sydney then? I'm not sure I've asked you that one. Um, I stopped working for the company that I've been working in Melbourne. So basically I had to change my employer. That was, that was, that was the reason. And been, I've been applying for jobs in different parts. I didn't actually want to stay in Melbourne. Like Melbourne was the place where I, I didn't apply for any job in Melbourne. I, I, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I want to finish this chapter this way. And I was actually thinking to go to either Sydney or Queensland, somewhere in Queensland. And oh yeah, and ended up, ended up in Sydney which was, uh, it was very great. It was super fascinating. This strange period of time because it was during the pandemics, <clears throat> but that was the period of time when Sydney was pretty relaxed about it. There was nothing, nothing happening uh, there. It's, 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 it's been very interesting to go to Sydney and take pictures in front of Oprah when there is completely no one, no one. Like, and every, every day you can, you can go and you know, run there, take pictures and, you know, normally, normally there is such a big crowd that you have to, if you want to take nice, nice picture, you have to remove all these people like in some kind of, I don't know, software. Uh, so, so, so it looks nice. But well, you could actually go there, and there was no one to, to disturb you. <laughs> Unbelievable! It's super, super funny. But yeah, the, my my move to Sydney uh, was uh, made because of um, employment, different, different work. Well, yeah, you're saying as well that you we were looking to move away from Melbourne, uh, what, what was the reason for wanting to leave Melbourne or, or what attracted you to Sydney and, and that kind of area? Well, the main reason I wanted to go to Queensland, that was, that was always the, the, the goal. I, 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 better weather. It sounds silly, but better weather. That's, that's, that, that, that was the point. And in Melbourne, it was nice, but I wanted to try different things. Like I felt at some point, I felt that it's, it's super nice. It's super. I feel super comfortable where I am. It's super nice, but at the same time, I I, I have the feeling of doing something more. You know, like I, I want to I want to try something different. So I think that was that was the feeling. I I don't know. It's not, that doesn't pro- probably sounds right, but I felt like okay, I achieved everything here. I'm done here. I'm done here. I'm moving moving somewhere else. I don't know. I just I just had a feeling that I want to change something and see how it goes. Yeah, no, I understand that. I've done that a few times myself. It's uh, again, I think a lot of people probably allow themselves to feel that element of like, oh, I feel like I should move on, but they they have the scared feeling as well, where they don't then push themselves out of that comfort zone. But it is something that gets easier every time you do it. Because I mean, I I moved to Australia. It wasn't really intentional, actually. I sort of had a quarter life crisis <laughs> and then went traveling and then went to Australia. Um, but you do get that feeling sometimes, whether it's in a job or a place or whatever. You just feel like, I think I've got what I can from this. So it's either find something completely new or adapt the thing you have to make that field newer. So even within like your job role, sometimes you're able to, you know, shift that in a way that makes your job interesting again. You know, it's not always, and I'm aware of this as well. Like I'm so aware that I have a tendency to f- try and find that greener grass, like fly somewhere and, you know, and when you go to Australia, you find that the grass is actually brown, so you're disappointed. And uh, no, <laughs> but it was it was really nice um, place to go anyway. Um, so yeah, it's it's there is a balance there, isn't there? And it's getting that balance right of like, yeah, okay, I feel like I've achieved what I can, and I feel like I want to move on. And a lot of people get stuck in that place where they're just scared. And uh, yeah, I mean, you always learn. It doesn't matter what you do. Like if you do, if, even if you make a mistake, you know, you went to salsa. You probably learn a bit of salsa, had a laugh, 
you, you probably wouldn't see <laughs> that as a mistake. You'd see that as learning. I would and say. You've... I would say that people had more laugh about me than seeing the night. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, so when you when you were going, um, I saw, I also know that you have a girlfriend, and uh, oh, I met her in, in Melbourne as well. I'm wondering when like she turned up as well into the scene because you know with all of this, it's not always been really easy for you because I, I know you have certain parts you've had a long distance relationship and stuff. So yes. so I mean you don't have to tell me how you met and everything, but it's kind of interesting because you've kept that going and that sort of shaped the next steps as well. So you can sort of you know approach that from wherever you like, really. Yeah, um, when it comes to my relationship, um, well, I, I have I have a very beautiful and amazing partner with me. Uh, but yeah, we had a tricky period of time when I was changing my employer to Sydney. Um, we, because of pandemic, she she at some stage left Australia for a while, and because of pandemic, she couldn't get it back. So that was that was the point where we had to be separated for. We didn't know how long it's gonna take. So firstly, you know, the, Australia closed the borders and it was, um, we didn't know, maybe it's going to be for a week, two months. And we're like, okay, let's, um, let's, let's, let's wait. The worst thing was that they closed the border the day before she was, uh, she was about to take the plane. <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious. So it was, uh, I mean, now it's hilarious, not hilarious, but back then it was, you know, I, I was not that, I was not that happy about it. I was, I was actually super um upset about what is happening and you know we're like okay let's try to take the plane later um once they once they're gonna open the borders and eventually they never opened the border so uh, we we kept going with this kind of relationship for another 10 months which um later on ended up in me moving to to their home uh, country and yeah now now everything everything is fine in but in different in different continents yeah now it's fine uh yeah, that must be really tricky. I've done long distance myself internationally as well, and it's it's not easy to be apart from somebody you care about a lot for that long as well. Um, and I suppose that obviously a person can be a really good reason to do something and move and, you know, whatever. But at that point, you were in Sydney, you know, you had a job and everything, and you sort of had to make this decision. Like, she'd sort of been forced away from you as well, and you were you're sort of having to think in your mind, like, what do I do now? Like, what was your thought process like? Because you then made the decision to go to, to Spain as well, didn't you? Well, well, my uh, my visa was about to expire. That was that was uh, the reason why I actually had to do I had to do something. I had to do take some actions anyway. So, uh, but uh, yeah, because we had such a long uh, break with each other, like that was quite obvious, and everything was going well. Like we like we 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 actually had normal conversations were on the phone every day and it's it's not easy but we survived that that was actually uh, that was actually very very nice to know that we, we could we could survive something something like this because I, I don't believe that many many relationships can actually do that it's uh, it, it's it's kind of tricky and I I, I can understand why uh, even like nevertheless, I it was it was quite obvious for me to 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 go to Spain. That was that was that was the destination where I knew that I'm that I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna leave for for the next couple of years or so on. I'm not not sure how how it's gonna look in the future, 
but yeah it was it was pretty 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 new to me because i don't speak and i couldn't speak any spanish back then like i had completely no no idea no clue how to how to how to use this language um obviously i knew a little bit about the culture because uh, i've been hanging out with spanish people i've been visiting spain a couple of times but from the work-wise career-wise perspective from well, I've been only here for holidays, so I couldn't really understand the reality here. Yeah, if you are coming for holidays for two weeks or one week, you're just having fun, you know. Like, but uh, once you once you're moving to another country, like the normal life starts. You have to you have to make money, you have to cook, you have to live normal life. So um, it's it's been kind kind of challenging, and that's actually a super exciting moment because. Uh, uh, Again, I was feeling, even though I had these experiences from Australia, you know, we are moving from, from Europe to, to Australia, a completely different continent. You don't know anyone. And now I had basically a similar position, but I was going back to Europe, where I actually, I actually had some people to, to hang out with, like my girlfriend that I could um, be with. So it was a little bit easier because you already had someone to support you. Um, but it's still still uh, stressful, you know, just to when you when you think about it, and also you know, like moving to Australia, I've been living there for five years. I got used to it, you know, like like I've been I've I've been feeling um, very comfortable with everything that I'm doing. And when I moved to 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 Spain, I didn't know what to expect again. And at the same time, it was scary. But on the other hand, well, I'm taking these things as an something exciting you know like you know you can be scary that oh i don't know what's gonna happen or you can think oh i don't know what's gonna happen you know like you, know, <laughs> you can approach it in different ways so this is how i'm trying to approach and every day is like adventure for me because i don't know what's gonna happen and it's it's super super exciting mm, yeah yeah uh, it must have been a little bit of a culture shock to go from australia to spain it uh, was there anything that Sort of jumped out at you like the people being different or them acting in a different way and you having to sort of adapt to that or or had maybe you'd already got that from your girlfriend i don't know um um well I, there was not really like big difference shock because uh you know when i was in australia i still had some spanish or latin american friends and so, so i got used to this kind of people uh, the biggest shock was definitely the the language barrier. That's 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 the uh, that's the biggest that was the biggest problem for me. Um, however, mm, people people behave a little bit different. Obviously, they are more they are very easygoing here, but they speak very fast and they are very emotional. You know, they show their emotions and like everything happens like quicker here like there is more temperament here I, I, no it's 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 a little bit different but it's, i wouldn't i wouldn't call it as a big um a big shock for me um just just the language barrier i would say but at the same time even though my spanish was i, I could say a couple of words the nice things that that was happening like every time when i was going somewhere and i was trying to use my very bad spanish people were trying to put some effort to understand me they were trying to maintain the conversation. It was super nice, you know, even though they know that I am foreigner, that I'm here. I mean, they didn't know if I'm here for holidays or I'm going to move here, but they were like straight away trying to help me. That was important for them. So I will feel comfortable with them. And it's super nice, you know, that, that people, people had this approach with me. Um, it, 
yeah, that that would I would call that, that that was super positive aspect that I would like to mention. But apart from that, I don't have really um, any negative feelings uh, mm. since I'm here. That's good. Um, so, how did you ended up going about learning the language? I suppose you've kind of embedded there, aren't you? And everyone around you is kind of speaking Spanish, but you could speak to your girlfriend in English as well. So you you could go back to that. So how have you approached that? Because you seem to have had some good success. Yeah, it's been it's been tricky from the beginning. I didn't go. I don't still don't have any classes. I don't have any teacher. The first thing that I approach it, I've been I've been speaking English most, a lot of time. Like lots most of the time, I was speaking English. But at the same time, I was I started learning words. Like and I started to implement words in these words in my life. So I was speaking Spanish English. You know? Like um, instead, I was I was using uh, like. English grammar, I was creating the sentences in um, English, but I've been implementing Spanish words. And this is how I started building my vocabulary. And at the same time, I bought a book and I've been just doing some exercises. And I was reading, I was trying to read some books for, for kids um, and try to learn as much as I can. Like mostly, mostly I put a lot of attention to learning vocabulary. Like I was learning something and I was writing down this word like, many 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 times in the book and try to try to memorize it and that was that was the idea still i don't fully understand the grammar however i'm getting to the point where i am having conversation with people like obviously well i don't know that i'm doing mistakes i mean i, I can assume that i'm doing mistakes however i can see that the conversation keeps going you know people i'm, I'm having I'm, I'm able to talk with people half an hour one hour even two hours happen even two hours and you know, it's 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 funny because you know we talk we talk something. I'm sometimes sometimes I'm making up words. You know, I'm I know the English words and I'm just adding O at the end. And you know, <laughs> and I'm talking with people and I'm like, well, I don't know what this name. Like, I, I cannot say, say a word from the top of my head like now. But I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna say this word in English and I will just add O at the end. And let's see what's gonna happen. And people understand me. I'm like, wow, it works. You know. Like, <laughs> and, <laughs> And they they don't know that I don't know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, I've heard people are more likely to be able to understand you. I mean, they might know some English, obviously, but if you speak in their accent, uh, that can help to understand as well. So maybe it's that as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say that the trickiest, tr trickiest part here is that people speak super fast, and you know, like even though even though I know the words. Like they speak, for example, it happens many times that they speak so fast that they put together the words that I know, and I consider it that okay, that's gonna be one word. And then I'm thinking, like, what can it mean? Like, what did, what did this? But then I ask, like, can you can you repeat but slower? And this is like where I figure out, oh, they, it's actually divided, you know, these uh, two separate words, and uh, it helps a lot. But uh, yeah, like um, it's south of Spain because this is where I am. Uh, it's people speak super fast and um it's, it's it's difficult difficult to 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 um yeah catch up sometimes but it's just a matter of experience and practice yeah exactly and like you said you were writing down things uh it's, it's repetition as well isn't it like the more you do it the more you'll get better at it and so you'll just keep getting better and better which is awesome you mentioned books a couple of times i'm not going to ask about the kids books you read in spain don't worry uh but more <laughs> about you said you were reading a lot of books before you were traveling and things like that. And maybe just, I don't know if there were self-development books or just books about, you know, 
fiction books or anything like that but have you got any books that you tend to recommend or you've gifted to other people quite a lot well i don't like from the top of my head i, I will not tell you the title of the books but basically just i'm trying to get everything that i can you know like uh, I, even even on the internet like i'm just trying to find something because there's so many sources so many informations like in spanish um, you just you just have to write something like basic spanish um books basic spanish um, texts or like some, some, something some something to read and you just keep, keep reading that i don't have any like i'm not i'm not a specialist when it comes to learning languages i'm just trying to memorize as i as much as i can because i know like like if i'm taking the small small steps like you know for example today i will learn another few words and probably i will not use them maybe i will not have chance to use them for for a couple of days couple of weeks but maybe in a month i'll be using them and i'll be uh, i'll be thankful that i was that i learned this word couple a month ago because now it's useful for me um i, I don't know I just i just i'm not i'm not a specialist when it comes to learning languages but i, I just try to keep doing small portions of of my lesson and well i can i can see improvement like after six months being here well seven months of being here I am able to maintain conversation with people and for me for for me it's a success like this is where i can say like if i can talk with person um because the exams are important but you know it doesn't always show you the it, it's not a proof of, of your skills or your abilities but when you're actually going out on the street and you're talking with someone and you're achieving what you want like i don't know you're going to the grocery store and you're buying things and you're going out of the grocery store with your banana with your apples and other stuff that you wanted to buy like it's like it, you can tell that okay i succeed you know it worked you know so so it's fine and um i i think i think this is that's the best um, uh, situation where you can when you can actually tell yourself okay I, I'm, I'm achieving i'm learning something but um well practice 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 it's it's painful sometimes yeah. it's painful but it, it's good to make a game out of it mm, yeah that's a good point yeah and uh, i was just wondering as well if when you were uh, because you've talked about mindset a lot and you know some people are brought up in a way that gives them a great mindset as well are there any books that you'd recommend along those lines or things you've read or people or anything that uh you know f that have shaped you or the way that you think as well because it's quite a positive outlook you've got uh the books that i would recommend um i would say that it's good to read any psychological books and like any any just try to learn things and try i, I don't want to say any any books in particular but apart from having books, I would say that it's important to be surrounded by people who are positive. I think I think because you can read the book, but it's just a theory. You know, it's it's uh, it's it helps, but well, you have to implement it in your life. I think it's like if you want to be a positive person, I would think that of I would think think of people that you are feel comfortable with, who are liked, who are like. I don't know who are your idols you would like to be like this kind of people hang out with these people try to hang out with them like try to learn from them as much as you can if they are positive they will make you feel positive if you are saying lots of positive things it, it's going back to you like i was reading in some book that once you say something like compliment to someone like your brain is actually considering the words that you're saying it's considering these words as someone would tell it to you so it's like you know you're saying basically compliments to yourself 
So, you know, I'm trying to, and I would recommend to uh, apply as many positive aspects in your life as, as you can and avoid toxic people because that's, that, that's, that's the worst thing that you can do. Um, like I said, I don't think that, I mean, reading books is important and super, super helpful um, because, well, the books are, it's very unlikely that the book will make you more stupid. Like, it's, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> But uh, I, I think it's very important to actually um, be surrounded by the proper proper people, because you know, toxic relationships, toxic friendships are damaging. They, they can damage damage you. Yeah, that's a great point actually. Yeah, it's it's a couple of things in that. I think it's you end up modeling the people around you that you admire and you like, and if you're around those people all the time, and they're you know. People have got different attributes. Obviously, you might be better at frisbee, but they might be better at it's, I don't know speaking English. Something really stupid like that, you know. Yeah. And then you can you can build up your level of English, and they can build up their level of frisbee. So you both get something from each other as well. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that's really a good point, yeah. and um, I'm glad you mentioned it because it's it's easy to have a theory. Yeah, I would I would only add um, that like somewhere maybe someone told me that that uh, you're the average of five people that you hang out with. So think about five people that you are spending the most time with and and just like think, like sit down for a while and think like whether they are positive for you or they are bringing their, their they are giving you some negative feedbacks, like negative um, feelings. And yeah, that's all. Like the same when you meet someone, like when you meet a person or you want to create a relationship with someone, look at this person. Like look at the, the closest friends of this person because this person is average of the closest friends of closest circumstances so um i think i think this is that's uh that's that's very very interesting to know yeah it is and you mentioned to me previously that you're part of a mastermind as well so i guess as part of that you learn from people but you're also surrounded by a group of people that have probably got similar goals and ambitions to yourself and you can help each other uh, yeah. how has that experience been for you in the mastermind it's a very, uh, very great. I, this was the first time I started that a month ago, and I just um, have a meetings a week, a week, big meeting on a weekly basis with four people who have similar goals. We, we, we want, we want to achieve something. Yes, we, we, at the same time we support each other. Okay, we are talking about because you know everyone has different path. Everyone, everyone has different lifestyle we are, we are all different like some people are struggling for example people are struggling with going out with people like how to sell the products or something and well we, we are telling them well there is no reason to do that and so they can practice practice selling sales with us you know so basically it's a group of people where we support each other and we're talking about the problems that we're having now uh what how, how we want to solve these problems and and asking for some some opinions and feedbacks what other people think and it's super super nice and super positive uh, because um you know sometimes sometimes you doubt in yourself and sometimes you have some you you focus so much on a problem where it's not even a problem you know like like there is a very quick solution and you just just the fact that you will tell someone okay i have problem with that and this person will be like well, I don't have, there's not a problem at all. Like, you know, like it's like, uh, I know someone who will give you the solution or something, you know, and you don't know, like if you don't tell people something like this, they don't know, no, no, one, no one can help you if you will not share this, this doubts with, with anyone. 
Um, yeah, it's super, super positive. Like every time when I have uh, this kind of meetings, I feel motivated. And well, I, that's, that's important for me because, you know, if I, I know that if I am feeling um, positive with my brain, I know that it affects everything else. Like if I am, I must be, like for me, it's super important personally to be healthy and be mentally, mentally uh, healthy as well. You know, I, I need to, I need to have this positive attitude, but to make that, I need to be surrounded by positive people because if I will have someone who will be telling me every day, oh, you are shit, you don't know how to do stuff, you, you are not good enough. Well, it's affecting me a lot, you know, it's definitely affecting. So in the long term, it's, it's, it's a lot of damage. Yep, absolutely agree. Yeah, different perspectives is such an interesting and useful thing to get, isn't it? Because like you say, once you've got something in your head, you're like, you naturally will think about that same thing over and over again in probably very much the, the same way you know you have the shower moments where you're having a shower and, or, or walking around and relaxing and sometimes you'll get you know solutions to a problem but uh, a lot of the time just telling somebody else like even the process of telling somebody is quite cathartic it makes you feel better about it as well and you know if you're in a group like you are in the mastermind then you know a lot of the time they'll just have this the solution you're like all right well this is easy boom continue you got loads of momentum still so it's fantastic yeah. i would uh, recommend that's actually a very nice uh, practice to write down five things like by the end of the day write down five positive things that happened during your day and you know it, it can be whatever you want i don't know i've been drinking glass of water today that's my success i don't know but something positive you know? i was like there is always something something positive i know i don't know i walked 100 meters or something I don't know. That's it. That's you. You can consider it as an achievement. It's for it's for for your personal view, uh, use. You don't have to share it with anyone. But something positive, you know. And and you know, you will slowly change your mindset. At the same time, it's nice to say compliments to people. Like you know, it's it, it changes a lot. Like you will see that um, the relationship that you have with people will get closer, will get tighter, and it's better. People people will consider you as a positive person, and will they will want to spend time with you at the same time. Um, because they because they feel good with you, and you feel good because they feel good with you. And so, I don't know, like it's like never like it's very positive circle. So um, uh, these are the small things. It's very difficult actually because I, I, I still don't understand why the it is the most difficult to say compliments to the people that are the closest to you. I could never understand that why. Probably because we care about them, but. I don't know because you don't do any damage to them. You you want to say something positive, but I can't. I cannot understand why. That's the things that are the most difficult. Like just go to your mom and tell the, tell her I love you, or to your father. I, it's or even your partner or someone. Like I, I, I don't understand why it's difficult, but um, I I think that's actually very important because we don't say that anything. Look how many people are actually saying so, so many negative. How easy it is to swear and uh, curse someone instead of saying something positive like we yeah. don't have we don't have problem to curse but we have problem to say like um like something positive it's 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 actually um it's sad it is um and it is a practice as well like you say like i do a similar thing you know try and be i think it, because we're wired for survival we're not wired for i don't know feeling nice like we've survived as a species as all species that have that we see around us because we're naturally anxious we're naturally sort of looking for the threats naturally trying to see if we don't fit in or if they don't fit in because they might you know threaten our survival or something like that 
uh, and I was listening to a podcast yesterday where they were saying we have we have senses or we have feelings and things within our body for pain. You know, obviously, if someone hits you on the head, you feel pain. We don't actually have pleasure receptors. You, you, your body will make you know serotonin and things like that if if you know if you allow it. Uh, but it's not something that will just randomly happen. Yeah, you might feel nice to be in a warm bath, but it's there's still not pleasure receptors. There are pain receptors, and unfortunately, uh, we haven't evolved to be happy. We've evolved to to be anxious and worried and looking and and so it, it, you do have to have that as a practice and the the saying thank you and things like that is something that is now. Uh, a, fully a habit now for me like you know if people at work even if they're being really difficult you know they come to me with a problem and they say oh i don't think you should do this because of this and that and I'm like oh yeah thanks for the information or thanks for your perspective because you know they're trying to help you know even if they're not actively trying to help like the this you could still get something from it even if even if they're showing that they're annoyed that's still a positive thing because you could probably help them i'm not saying everything's positive you know you don't want to be around people like you said all the time that are really negative but um, you can still see the positive in that, and if even if you feel something negative, that's telling you that one of your needs is not being met. So you know you might need to change your situation or something that you're doing. So there's yeah, it's definitely really important. And I think you actually might have started our more recent conversation by complimenting me. And uh, yeah, you did. So you said, "Ah, oh, you got a good voice for the podcast." I was like, "Oh, thanks." <laughs> and it's never going to go badly, is it? <laughs> Yes, but it's true. You have a good voice for podcast. <laughs> <laughs> good face for it as well. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I found it. I found it very, very important because, um, especially now, the world is going to a very strange direction. Like, uh, you know, watching all this Instagram TikTokers, you know, like, uh, I don't. The world is very, very fake in everything that you see. You know, you, you don't know what to trust. You know, and I think people are trusting. In, wrong 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 uh, wrong people and see the see the um, reality that doesn't really exist you know like you know when you uh, spend so much time watching this instagrammers and tiktokers it's only they are doing only cool things they don't have problems you know there is no i don't know they don't have problem like you know they have to remove wisdom tooth or something like no it's like everything is fine today they're gonna go windsurfing or something you know it's always nice weather i don't know always happy and uh, I know it's it's for for a lot of people it's well it's normal that you you can feel depressed watching something like this because when you are in your normal reality where you are having like I don't know cloudy weather and um, you don't do you don't have anything anything to do you're watching Netflix and at the same time your friends are I don't know in Bali or uh, laying down in Thailand or something and you know and you keep keep watching more and more friends doing some cool stuff in the meantime you're doing nothing. It brings you down. It feels you feels you sad, and I, I would. That's why that was a, That's why I would recommend to use these two exercises that I mentioned before, uh, instead of focusing on 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 watching someone someone's life. Like instead of let's say instead of watching ten minutes of Instagram or five minutes on Instagram today, I will write five nice messages to 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 my friends on Facebook, something like this. Or maybe I will write something positive. I can watch someone on Instagram, but at the same time, I will write a positive feedback to this person. And yeah, so that's also yeah, exactly. a success. Yeah, fantastic. I love it. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to have to find some people with good voices and send messages about their voices. But I mean, also as well, you're being, 
uh, authentic. You're not lying. Like you, you don't give compliments about things that you think are rubbish about them, right? It it's got to be real, hasn't it? Yeah, of course, of course. I'm, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say a compliment about something that. Hmm. That's a tricky question, actually. <laughs> because... <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling no, no, I know what, what you're no, thinking about. No, <laughs> no I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to always find something. Um, something positive about a person. There is always something positive. Like, I don't know. My brain is working. Maybe I would, I've been developing my brain you know, in this way for like maybe I'm thinking this way because I've been practicing that for 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 a long time. But I'm always trying to find something positive about a person. You know, like. There is always something like you have cool skill. I don't know you. You know how to how to cut hair nice. Uh, you know how to make nice sweater. Uh, I don't know. Like it's always something. I don't, know, I don't know. I like your socks. Something like it's always something. You know, like there is no way you will you will not find anything positive about about the person. And just mention that you know, and something puts your attention. I don't know. Someone has nice nice jumper. You know, and you can say it. you have nice jumper. You know, something attracted you. And for this person, probably it is, or maybe important. It doesn't have to, but maybe important. And I don't know, but uh, yeah, like I, I don't, I don't think. But yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't have problem with something finding compliments. But maybe, maybe if you have a problem with something like that, it's it's good to practice or maybe to say something random because even even if um, someone has a nice T-shirt and you you personally don't like it, but for this person, it's it may be important, you know. Um, so um, I don't know. It's still positive. It's better. It's like even though it's a lie, it's still a positive lie. So um, I, I I don't think it makes any damage. However, well, there is always something positive to find. It's true. It's true. It's good practice. I love it. Okay. Um, which before we wrap up, um, I was just wondering if you had any other messages or if you had something that you could put on a billboard to people. For, for them to read, uh, maybe it's an inspirational message, maybe it's uh, well, maybe it's your favorite quote, whatever. Does anything spring to mind that you'd want to tell the audience? Bearing in mind they're probably similar to us in some ways. Well, I would like to say that positive mindset with everything. I don't want to sound like a coach or something. Like I, I don't consider myself myself as a coach, but I know that how many people is, are struggling around there. Like I've been having so many conversations with people, and um, I understood their problems. And a lot, everyone has a problem, like everyone. And well, in my opinion, like I really believe to uh, to have this positive mindset. Whatever happens, to to be positive about what you're doing. If you have some goals, keep going with what you're doing. Don't change your mind. And that's all. Like just just like same as I'm trying to to send you this positive feedback, like send this feedback to other people. So let's be against against this negative sometimes social media, social news, and all this stuff. That's this is what I would say. Um, like I said, I'm not a I'm not a um, like coach or anything like that. However, I know that if there is a turn in your life, you can do something to make it um, make it make it positive and make it make it right. Like same same as I based on my examples, you can tell that um, even though if something was going wrong, like my boss previous boss said, um, if you don't have something, try to approach it in different way, and you will you will get it. Oh, and that will be the quote I would like to highlight. <laughs> there we go, nice, perfect, love it. Okay, and so if people want to find you, they can find you on LinkedIn. I'll put the link in the 
in the show notes as well so people can find you there um yeah uh, so thanks very much for today i think it's been really interesting and motivational as well and uh yeah if people can learn i think from your sort of positive outlook and just you know all the things you've done it's, it's a fantastic story so thank you very yes. much for being here today yeah, thank you very much if someone if you like this podcast say something nice put a comment for Luke, and at the same time write me a message like i'm, I'm actually happy if uh, if i will target some people and they will say actually wow that's uh, i'm actually i'm actually happy that i spent an hour to to listen to you so, to us so um, um, um that's 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 nice because i think i think these feedbacks are also very important for us thank you very much look thank you for listening to tipping points if you like this episode please share it with your friends subscribe like and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcast player Doing this really helps us to keep providing free content to you. If you want to find out more, get more episodes and exclusive content, please head over to tippingpointspodcast.com. If you've got some insights today, like the way I ask questions, and want to take your journey to another level, then Mindful Productivity Coaching is for you. At Mindful Productivity, we take a holistic approach to make you happier, healthier, and more productive. Our coaching program is tailored to your needs so you get what you want from it. Find out more at mindfulproductivity.net forward slash coaching and book your free discovery call today. That's mindfulproductivity.net forward slash coaching for your free discovery call.